Hey there, thoughtful listener. This is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. I'm so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free. No credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. We're also actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast, the one you're listening to. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now let's get on with the show. With us right now, it's Emily Berg. Emily, you are the founder of RPR Firm. You're found on the web at rprfirm.com. Emily, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Josh. This is fabulous. I love what you are up to and happy to be here. Well, thank you. I Anytime I get the opportunity to geek out on PR, I love it because as you, I was telling you earlier, that's my background or actually I stumbled upon it and I think I was practicing PR without a license because <laughs> I just, you know, with my other company, that was my only approach to growing that company, Savings Angel. And, you know, it ended up, you know, 2,500 media appearances later and $7 million in revenue, $0 spent on advertising. I am convinced that, you know, PR is just such a great way to grow awareness and visibility and attract customers. It's organic, it's high trust. It's, but that said, um, it can be a lot of work. So that's why it's really helpful, Emily, to have someone like you in, in your life uh, to help make some of those things happen. Um, could you just share with us uh, a little bit about our PR firm, what you do, who you work with? Absolutely. So RPR was founded um, in 2008, essentially, in Orlando. And um, when I had my firstborn, um, I just had recently got a master's in social work and was like, how can I work from home? And so a friend of mine wrote a book and uh, we co- I co-wrote a book with a friend of mine. And once you are a published author, everybody and their brother kind of got word in the neighborhood. And um, I was helping businesses with their publicity, essentially, without knowing I was doing that. Um, And then I got some more formal training as the years went on um, and still did my own work. Um, And then the brand of RPR came about in 2011. And we um, have taken on a lot of lifestyle, hospitality, Mm. business, And um, now my husband is, his background is in tech and we have our tech that was born two years ago. Um, And we have taken on, you know, a a second layer of RPR. So we have RPR firm is more of lifestyle brands that hospitality, retail, um, consumer goods and products we launch. And then our tech is our startup, our launching uh, smaller tech businesses and bigger tech businesses we work with um, as well. So yeah, yeah, we have both sides. So if it's a tech firm that we're working with, we try to help them become more lifestyle and more um, repro- approachable. And if it's a lifestyle firm, we try to help them just get out in the media and you know have people know about what they're up to and we're really about the founder story being the essence of any brand. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, when what year did RPR firm kind of launch? 
So in 2011, officially we launched as RPR firm. Okay. Uh, but in 2008, like I said, we wrote, I wrote, I co-wrote a book. And so I was doing like wow. freelance marketing and, and helping writing. I was writing editorial and um, kind of like exploring if I was going to go into journalism or marketing mm. PR world. But I just gravitated to the PR world because once you write an article, it's like, okay, bye. Like, nice to meet you. But if you do PR with a client, you can write and create content and establish yeah. this long-term relationship that was more my style. Wow. You know, it's funny because you and I both, um, you, so you didn't go to school for communications or public relations. Uh, you and I both came from a mental health background, right? And social work. So that was my undergrad was in family science and marriage family. I was going to be a marriage and family therapist, but I got it. I got distracted with internet development and then, you know, yada, yada, yada. Here I have, here I have a PR firm. And I remember getting into, I don't know if you dealt with this at all. Right. I remember when I was, I was just kind of doing pro bono stuff um, in our local startup community, just helping out, serving on boards. Um, and, and then someone offered to pay me for PR. And I remember actually calling a friend of mine who owned a PR firm. And I'm like, I don't have a background in this. And they're offering to pay me. Is, is that practicing PR without a license? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you if you thought about that or if that came up for you at all. But, you know, talk about uh, why maybe that really doesn't even matter. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, so many people have a degree in something and then their profession is something else. But um, I do. I I, told, I had kind of that initial start of, OK, I guess I'll help you. I didn't know I was doing PR when I, when I was actually starting because. Like I had said, I was really into the journalism part of it. So mm, yeah. a lot of the like secret sauce of PR is being a really great writer and yeah. good pitch ideas. I mean, so if you're pitching a, as a journalist, if you're pitching your editor, editor, if you're freelance and you're pitching various outlets, you're actually doing PR. You're pitching a story, whereas PR people tend to pitch our clients. Um, and sometimes you pitch stories if it is beneficial to our clients. So in fact. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Emily, please. Oh, I was just going to say, and then I, I got, I, I liked PR. I, I realized what I was yeah. doing and so I got agency training. So I worked in an agency for a um, handful of years and a reputable one in Austin. And then I was like, yeah, I kind of want to do this on my own because I'm just an inherent trailblazer and want to always do things on my own. Stubborn trailblazer, yeah. I guess I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it's interesting too. I would argue that if you're working with a PR firm that has very little sensitivity to the life of a journalist and, um, you know, the craft of journalism, because that, that, that was my only background as I was a journalist in the Navy. And yeah. so, um, and, and, you know, now, you know, as a syndicated, I've been a syndicated newspaper columnist for about 13 years. Um, if I get these PR firms and it's just like, it's just like, they just don't get me at all. It's a non-starter. So I would argue that that's probably one of the things you want to look for when hiring a PR firm is, do you have journalism chops? Because that's really what you're doing if your intention from a public relations standpoint is to get media coverage. Absolutely. I mean, you have to know that media is your audience as well as your client. Like you've got to serve both sides. Like the client... 
clients are your, you know, taking care of, they're paying you to do the service, but the service to the media outlets is also kind of, I think of it as like the same kind of service you're offering to your clients. So you want to be mindful of what their needs are, what they're writing about, their topics, their special interests. And, you know, at the end of the day, how can I help you versus here's my client, here's my client. Like you want to make sure that you're meeting their needs as well, which I mean, is that is the art form of it. I think the science of it is being uh, having well-written pitching, having well-written ideas that you can share to a media outlet. I think that's more of the science to it. The art of it is the mindfulness of the relationships, which would bring you to be good at it with your background in marriage and family counseling. (laughs) It helps. (laughs) It definitely does. Just being sensitive to, you know, just being sensitive and and empathic to, to, to everyone within this, this essentially a relationship dynamic. Right. And I I think that that that's really super helpful. Emily, um, so what would be some examples of clients that you've worked with uh, and like, what are the outcomes that you help them achieve specifically? That's a great question. Um, Just a couple of weeks ago, a huge win for a nonprofit that we work with that has three locations, the Gentle Barn, they're called. Uh, We got them secured in the New York Times. So before they had worked with us, they had a previous publicist, like probably seven or eight years ago. And then they got had a mention in the New York Times and they're like, we'd love to be back in the Times. I'm like, okay. So um, at the at a certain point of, in their campaign, uh, we had a pitch out um, that wasn't related to what we ended up getting read, written about, which was um, animal weddings, which is <laughs> kind of fun. Animals getting married. Um, they've hosted <laughs> at the Gentle Barn and... Oh, that's so funny. It's like the next level of what's that yeah. term called when like, you know, like people are going, oh, you shouldn't give names to animals or whatever, but it's like, I forget what it's called, but that's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, this is like next level animal love, right? Like you're like yeah. at the dog park, your dog is really into, uh, you know, this certain other dog and you're like, hey, yeah, it's just a wedding. They're in love. Um, <laughs> and, and the gentle barn is a great, uh, example of um, a, of a business of a nonprofit that we then curated messaging to be what we call lifestyle messaging, which is we reached out to we got them um, print publication in Martha Stewart's magazine about how to help raise your chickens well because a lot of people, especially with the pandemic, were buying chickens and not knowing what they how to really raise them. I don't know if that's a big thing in Orlando, but I know mm. in, in, in New York where I'm at, like a lot of people have chickens and raise them. So anyway, they, we, we helped kind of get them out again. So they had had exposure. They had previous background working with the publicist and then they took a break and were doing some new expansion projects. And then they started working with RPR. And so that was a really fun portfolio build for us, for them to help their expansion into other markets. Um, and another great client of ours is Carrie Bringle. He owns Piglet Porker in Nashville. Recently got him voted best in Tennessee, a reader's poll. But um, some of the things that people might not know about publicists is that we help gain traction with something like a reader's poll where we can then get you get work on other yeah. exposure that then leads people to want to vote for your clients um, and award building. We work a lot of award building. Um, a tech client that we work with 
um, Profit X, it's called. It's a sports data platform. Um, we were, we not only secured press and some really high profile media outlets like Sports Illustrated, um, at ESPN radio um, interviews, but um, they really are into growing the licensing of their products. So we've helped build those relationships to different NBA players that are interested in licensing the product. Mark Cuban backs the product. Wow. Um, the platform, excuse me. Yeah. So it's not just media that excites me and, you know, name dropping some big names like New York times <laughs> or uh, Mark Cuban, but to help the business, once you have those like big name drops, then you can kind of help the business grow into the area that they actually want to. So for every business, it's different. Like for the gentle barn, it's helping people know about how to treat animals and growing their outreach for um, profit X. It's helping you know, the sports community know that there's this new platform in town that's helping with sports data and analyzing it. And so we're reaching out to sports analysts, like a friend of ours is a sports analyst for the Spurs. So we connected him with the founder. And so anyway, it kind of went like one thing leads to another once you kind of get the press going. So those are some things currently. Um, I'm always proud of like the smaller wins that are big to me, like a man in Chicago, his, his mom passed away and he wanted to have her, um, story in high profile obituaries like the wall street journal and, um, New York times and, um, some other obituaries. So we pitched obituaries and we got him secured his mom's obituary in the, in the wall street journal. And so, yeah, that's incredible. Like I would have <laughs> never thought of that. Right. So my whole family is like, okay, this is where I, this is like, I'm going to have you write my obituary, obituary so we can get, um, so I can be in the wall street journal at some point. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's amazing. That's really unique and a huge win just for the fact that like this woman's life, which is incredibly cool. She's known as the toolbox lady. So she was mm. like creating, um, products in the building industry, building construction and steel industry back in the seventies, which of, of course women were not doing that back in the seventies, except for this, this woman was. And so we got her story written about, um, in the wall street journal, which was a labor of love. It was a lot of fact checking, a lot of back and forth, but that was a huge win. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's all about what, you know, we can help make somebody happy. It sounds kind yeah. of crazy, but yeah. As a PR agency yourself, Emily, uh, you know, just kind of taking a look at your social media, um, you know, you're eating your own dog food, which it's amazing how often I take a look at, you know, PR firms and it's crickets, you know, it's like, they're not doing any, you know, it's like the cobbler kids shoes, right? It's like, they're not doing well, anything for themselves, but you seem to have you seem to have historically, you've been very committed to that for your own brand, um, which I find is brilliant. And is that how, how do you know, or do you have any evidence that that's been a worthwhile uh, use of resources and time and attention? Oh, um, just before this interview, my husband goes, oh, you're going to spend some time with a cobbler's kid's shoes. So I'm like out there having an interview with you. Um, and traditionally, PR people kind of tend to stay behind the scenes. I was that person for a long yeah. time. Um, and to, to to I like you're eating my own dog food. I love that. Um, going back to the animals. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, I was, I, I, it's uncomfortable, you know, like getting... Yeah 
yourself set up and making yourself vulnerable. Um, I have a publicist, amazing publicist that works on our team. And she's like, Emily, I want to pitch you. Your story is so unique. You've got yeah. five kids. You, um, you know, you've co-written a book on feminism you, um, have, I have crazy stories like where I went through this phase where I spent a hundred thousand dollars on a loan on business coaching to help me. Cause I had never owned a business before. Yeah. And, um, and it was a nightmare because it was great. I learned some things, but like, I didn't have that kind of money to spend oh, so, no. like My lessons goodness. I learned on the road. Um, yeah. you know, that it was so uncomfortable to be like, we sent that pitch out recently and, um, a few, I mean, I, I was surprised it got picked up a lot, a lot. I'm writing and interviewing a lot on that pitch in particular, because it's like, having myself exposed on like mistakes that I would take back as a business owner and founder yeah. and then putting myself in my client shoes when I ask them and I get frustrated. I'm like, well, can't you just tell me like your lessons learned, your biggest mistakes, your, yeah. you know, why did you start this business? And they're kind of like sitting in their seats. Like, I don't, I don't know how to answer this. Like, I don't want to, I, nobody wants to look like a fool on the internet. You know, nobody <laughs> wants like the dislike sign or the troll comments, but yeah. when you kind of face that fear and I'm doing that in, in RPR now we're on this whole chapter of like getting ourselves out there and like getting exposure for us and sharing what PR is and the do's and don'ts and the mistakes yeah. and all that stuff. Um, I think it's a good, you can be a better publicist because you've experienced putting yourself out there as mm. well. Um, mm. It's definitely not easy. And so there's a lot of compassion and <laughs> understanding and, and then also like helping our clients where they formulate, like we'll send us, you know, a pitch idea and it's just kind of flat and then helping them kind of get the juice behind it, get, get the essence, get the energy, get the emotion behind it. Um, if we're able to do that ourselves, then I think we're able to help others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. Emily, uh, your website, RPR firm, when folks go to that website, what should they click on? What, you know, what do they do? Is there, are there things that they can learn from you or, uh, do they just in, you know, or how do they engage? Like where, where would you say, yeah, if you want to get a really good flavor for who we are and the work we do click on this. So if you want to understand more about PR, click on our blog, we have, PR 101, the do's and don'ts, what, how, what does a retainer mean? How to hire an agency? Um, if you want to learn more about RPR or the things that we do, there's a, um, a scheduler, just schedule a call. I'll, I'll talk to you and we can have a 30 minute, like deep dive on like your business. And, um, I can give you some advice and just get to know you. And if you want to further the relationship, that'd be great. And we can, we can use that time for that exploration. Um, yeah. And then if you want to look at pretty pictures on Instagram, we're at RPR firm on Instagram. And we, we like to also have um, people check us out there and share any, anything on the internet that connects to your business. So. Uh, awesome. Awesome. Emily Berg, you're the founder and president of RPR firm. You found on the web at rprfirm.com. Emily, thank you so much for joining us. So much, Josh. Thank you for the opportunity.
Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, we have an audience of over 120,000 that we would love to promote your story to. Please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. I'm also so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free. No credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. What do you win? Well, we will promote you and retweet you and re-share you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans totally free. Can you also hook us up in your podcast player right now? please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review and we promise to read it all and take action. Thank you if you've done this already. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, please hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 to 20 minutes a day. My name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.